Happy Saturday. It's January 27, 2018. And thank you for listening to the Amber Daily, where you can come and get the latest news and tips on how to achieve your wellness and fitness goals. This show is brought to you by no one. Yes, that's no one. But in the future, hopefully that will change. In the meantime, though, um, you can go to my website called theamberdaily.com and check out some of the posts. And also, I'll be posting the podcast as well. You can also catch me on iTunes and Google Play. Before we jump into some news, I saw something that I was very curious to what it means. And it's called a demisexual. It's a person who does not have sexual feelings for anyone unless they are emotionally attached to them. They have six signs that you may be this demisexual goddess. Number one, most if not all of y'all relationships have started out as friendships, which that should be a cool thing. It shouldn't really be a negative thing, but to each his own. Number two, you're frequently put more pressure on dates than your other friends three you still feel primarily sexually attracted to strangers but it's fleeting meaning short-term short-lived number four your crush seems like a really big deal to you five you have found yourself very confused in your friendships and six people often dub you as a prude it was kind of interesting seeing this as a sexual term because after reading what a demisexual may be, it seems to me, isn't this what dating and life is about when you're approaching people? Some people are emotionally attached. Some people are, are either physically attached, but all in all, it's all about how you are attracted to that person, whether it's physically or emotionally attached. To me, it kind of gave this analogy where a demi, a quote-unquote demisexual person is not the norm, but I could be wrong. It just seems like everything has to have a label, a label attached to it when it can just be something that flows within a person. It doesn't necessarily have to have a label. Do you think demisexual is a legit term for something like this? Please go to my website at The Amber Daily and comment on my post and let me know your thoughts. Now let's get into some news. I'm going to be talking about two articles that I found to be very interesting. One of the articles is by um, Suze Kaufman from the great taste the title of the article is ignore the rankings there is no best diet at the beginning of each january the u.s news and world report ranks the best and worst diets based on how easy the plans are to stick to how likely you are to lose weight on them and how effective they are at preventing cardiovascular disease and diabetes but there's one problem with these lists they suck for the past several years We've had to argue that the list's worst diet isn't as bad as it seems. And we'd make that case again this year. U.S. News named keto the worst overall diet. And once again, we disagree. 
The list is created by an expert panel, but it ignores one key factor. There's no one way to be healthy, nor are diets one size fits all. A diet that's hard to stick to for one person might be easy for someone else. And counting calories on the number one ranked DASH diet might be triggering for some people, making bottom of the pile whole 30 and paleo healthier for them. Ranking diets best to worst and almost always stacking trendy diets at the bottom seems more about being controversial just for the sake of it and less about communicating actual useful information. The list doesn't account for people's goals, body types, general health, or dietary restrictions, so by default, it'd be inaccurate for a vast majority of people. On top of that, ranking diets like this discourages people from learning about and experimenting with different eating plans. No, the high-fight, low-carb keto diet won't be healthy or sustainable for everyone, but that doesn't mean it won't work for anyone. Plus, short-term experiments with restrictive diets can help you build healthier, sustainable habits as well as teach you about how your body responds to certain foods. We know the rankings won't stop. Next year, there'll be another diet pulling up in last place, whether or not it deserves to be there. But instead of assuming one diet is inherently better than another, take lists like this with a grain of salt and do your own research. Better yet, talk to your doctor about your body's needs and consider trying a new program for yourself. You won't know if something works for you unless you give it a chance. This comes from an article in thegreatteast.com by Susan Kaufman. Mental health in corporate America, why I clocked out at 28. Article written by Tia Muhammad on blackdoctor.org. Tia explains a very good um, written topic on the mental health in regards to working in the corporate world. As I have experienced that before, this article really opened up from how I always try to explain the stress and the mental capacity that it can have on someone. So also in regards to we as black women, it can be heightened even more because of the stereotype and the standards that corporate America expect from us. So let's get into the article. End quote. This topic is a very new yet touchy subject for me. I grew up with the mindset that if you play by the rules, checked all the boxes, got all the answers right, then you won the game of life. Examples will be plastered on every billboard in my hometown. It was either you go to college, trade school, or the military. Simple as that. You do well in high school to get into college. You do well in college to land a good job. MTV's Laguna Beach in the Hills made it look so sweet and simple. However, I quickly realized once I got into the real world that those girls in sunny California were definitely rich, well-connected, unaware, above all else, white. Like deja vu, 10 years later, I found myself sitting in the office of a wealthy white woman in Southern California who personified that same TV image and she was my boss. It was like tuning into the latest episode of The Real Housewives of Manhattan Beach. No, not Beverly Hills, 
or Orange County, but Manhattan Beach. Just a skip and hop away from Inglewood, Gardena, and Compton. Yet she seemed to be so unaware of the short 10 minute drive. Nevertheless, I sat for a few more stories of her daughter's road to stardom before she finally asked me why I wanted the job. I gave her what the books told me to say, then waited for my offer. Confident that I was well worth the expected and even listed offer I saw on their careers page, I anticipated the callback. I was excited. If I had landed this job, it would be the most I had ever earned in my writing career. The next day the call came, but the presumed salary was a bit off. 5000 off to be exact. Yet, as a black woman, I was always mentally prepared for this part. I was told my entire life by my mother, friends, and society that as a black woman that I had to work twice as hard as any other race or gender to get what I wanted. It was subconsciously ingrained in me and is still lingering in me until this day. A lot of us were told, if you want something, no one is going to just give it to you. Where did we get this conditioning from? Why did I have to work harder than Becky and Katie? Why in the hell did they seem to always get cut a break over and over again because of their white skin, wealth, and status? These questions will often arise in my psyche, and I would entertain the thought, but would eventually ignore it and get back to work. After a while, I started to ignore a lot more things. You see, I was a hard worker, and everyone knew that. Not only was I a hard worker, but I was passionate and good at what I did. As people transitioned in and out of positions, I became the go-to girl for lost documents that suddenly drifted away, phone calls that never got answered, and small projects that got abandoned by the last. As I saw the head of our operations team storm out of the building with her computer and bags packed, I knew it wouldn't be long before they would be me. That would be me. As a white woman, if she couldn't do do it, then how the hell was I going to last? This particular corporation was different though. There were absolutely no outside windows on the entire work floor, generous complimentary pizza on Fridays, and free tacos on Cinco de Mayo, a completely remote executive team, and whispers if you went too many times to the restroom. It was just that type of place. As the youngest manager and one of two black women that worked in this corporation's headquarters, I found myself drowning in my thoughts, work, and eventually tears. I reached out to my boss for a solution several times, but I was given a gift card or a small raise here and there and was told, we're working on it. Now, I'm like any other person. I love money, but when is it not enough? I found myself overweight, losing hair, broken out into acne, highly irritated, delirious, unrelatable, and seriously confused in my role for the company. I had hit a wall. I had hit my breaking point. I sat in the dark at home one night and contemplated what my life would end up like if I had continued down this path. I couldn't help but come back full circle to the one person I modeled myself after, my mother. Although her intentions were very much so pure, I knew that it all started with her from the way she dressed for work, how she relaxed her hair every two weeks, kept a designer purse, yo-yo dieted, worked extra hours every night, right down to how she complained about her boss. I inherited all from her, and in turn, she inherited from her mother. 
plague with fibroids, breast cancer, colon cancer, congestive heart failure, diabetes, depression, and obesity, I have seen firsthand what stress and confinement could do to a black woman in my family. I had to look into the mirror first to know that I had become the outcome of a repetitive cycle. Once I realized that I had to end it, the next day I resigned and never looked back. Article written by Tia Muhammad at blackdoctor.org. I just want to say that I thank Tia for writing this because this hits home for me in so many ways. So I'm so happy that a person was able to come out and write the narrative of what we go through in the corporate world. Thank you, Tia. The topic for today is, is going to the gym not for you? If it's not, then guess what? Working out at home can be just as good. Don't be discouraged if you can't make it to a gym. Why? Because there are plenty of options for working out at home. You can either do it inside or outside in your neighborhood. In the wintertime, it can get kind of tricky because of the weather. It gets very cold depending on where you are. I know here it gets cold. We also get a lot of hot weather. We get all kinds of weather. But if it's cold, inside is perfectly fine. I know with people they have families it could get kind of tricky because everybody is everywhere so you want to kind of have your little space to your own and one way you can do that is schedule a time where everyone may be asleep and do your exercise either in the living room or your bedroom it just depends on how much space you have you really don't need that much space just enough where you can do enough cardio and strength training in a, a little area it doesn't have to be too big it's just trying to figure out your family schedule and your schedule to see how you can get that alone time or with your significant other spouse or whomever or friends that may can come over and uh, work out with you. I know for me, I have a family of six, so you can imagine the different schedules and the different stuff that is going on in my home. So I have to kind of schedule a time where I can do it by myself and usually it's either later on in the evening when everything is kind of settled or early in the morning. Working out at home, you can also purchase very inexpensive equipment, such equipment such as a jump rope, dumbbells, an exercise ball, a medicine ball, resistant bands, and a mat. Also ankle weights, wrist weights, all of those work very well. I know for me, I have a crate in a section where I uh, store all of my exercise equipment for when I want to work inside the home, work out inside the home. Some great apps that you can use could be like a um, interval timer for HIIT training, high intensity interval training. Um, you can do the daily cardio workout, cardio workout. Um, Fit Radio, there's tons of apps you can look to follow. Also, YouTube is very good if you have it on your TV, if you have a smart TV to use YouTube where you can kind of pick and choose what exercises you want to do for each time frame, just depending on how long you want to work out. For outside, I know just when the weather is breaking, 
that's a good chance to, if you live in a neighborhood or road or wherever, you can run a couple of laps, come back and do some strength training, go and run another cardio, walk or run, come back and do strength training. You can, with those, with the equipment that you purchase, like the jump rope and the dumbbells and the exercise ball and the mat as well, you can also take it outside with you. So it's very versatile. So you can use it outside or inside. Going to the gym for me was more of getting away from being from the home. That was basically what the gym was for me. But I personally prefer doing my workouts at home because of my schedule and outside when the weather has broke and it's gotten a little warmer. As we all know, most gyms come with membership fees. And I honestly, honestly, and I like the way um, they take recurring fees out because it seems like it's so hard to break away because when you're trying to counsel them, it's the worst headache ever. So I love working out at home. I actually started working out at home and creating a little gym for myself back in 2003. And by creating that, I created, I started researching about nutrition and I started researching about fitness. So I've been doing this for a very long time. And the very first time I was actually 23 when I started this back in 2003 and I was overweight. I had just had my daughter maybe a year ago and I had gained so much weight. And when I figured out about different various things in nutrition, such as organic products, um, non-GMO products, all that type of thing, um, I actually lost 55 pounds just from creating my own gym and doing research and learning how to do certain fitness exercises and different nutrition. It was one of the best times of my life in a very bad situation that I was in at the same time. But out of that bad situation, I was able to obtain this knowledge about nutrition and fitness. So just go with what you're comfortable with and where you are comfortable at and what fits your personality because personality is key when you're trying to figure out how you want to go on this nutrition and fitness journey and what you're trying to achieve. And everybody's um, mental health and physical health is different. So every something that may work for someone else may not work for you. So it's kind of like a trial and error, but once you find that groove to how you want to obtain that goal, it will be all okay. That wraps up this episode. Remember to check me out on Twitter. Remember to check me out on Instagram. Also check out the amberdaily.com. My podcast is on iTunes and Google Play. This wraps up today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to stay safe, eat well, and stay active. Bye.